Hello again, Tom Walker, MassAC Unit 1. Today is Tuesday, October 27th, 2020, and we are recording episode 24 of our district podcast. And we just wanted to cover uh, the happenings from the regular scored meeting last night and go through that. And then at the very end of our episode, we will have a very special guest. And with me today is our superintendent, Jason Hayes. Thanks, Tom. So we're trying to uh, make a point to record a podcast after each board meeting, just in case you missed it. If you did, in fact, miss it and you're interested in actually viewing the board meeting, it is posted on our Facebook. Um, the uh, Facebook post has a link directly to the recorded video. Isn't that correct, Tom? Yes. Yeah, the uh, Facebook saves those. And then also on our school board uh, portion of our district website, I generally take and that about the day after, and I did it this morning, I download those videos and I upload them to that. So they're they're all there in a pretty easy, uh, easy to find format. Yeah, for better or worse, they're online and you can watch them. Yeah, well, I guess if you're bored. <laughs> yeah, if you're really if you're bored, you can watch really the board meetings. <laughs> it in action, then that's uh, that's what you can do. Otherwise, we're going to kind of go through uh, the main action points from the board meeting uh, and talk about a few other things before our special guest. Uh, comes into the studio here so uh, just to go on from the top uh, one of the first things we did last night is we had a waiver for the limitation of administrative costs Uh, this is just a public hearing we have to do because in Illinois uh, school administration is limited to a five percent increase year to year Uh, and we added a position to our administrative team uh, last year and that finally hit in the budgeting this year uh, with Art Davis as the assistant principal at Metropolis Elementary School. So uh, even though we added a position, a much-needed position, we are still very lean in our administrative costs. Uh, and because we are so lean, uh, they allow us to waive that 5% cap on the increase. Um, and the reason for that is we're in the bottom percentile. The We're in the bottom 25% of the Uh, unit districts in the state. So there are 385 unit school districts in the state of Illinois and we are ranked 367th as far as administrative costs are concerned per pupil. So there are only 18 unit school districts in the state of Illinois that have a lower administrative cost per pupil uh, ratio and there are um, 366 unit districts that have a higher administrative cost. So even though we did increase the cost by adding a position, uh, we feel like it was justifiable and it still puts us at the bottom lowest of, of school district, unit school districts that is, uh, for administrative costs. So we did have that hearing, we waived that limitation and we did increase uh, our administrative costs over the last two years. So then uh, we had that hearing, uh, didn't take very long. And then um, after the meeting reconvened, it's a regular session, uh, we did have um, our audit, um, Mr. Jeff Stroder. Yeah, and it didn't occur exactly in the proper order because of some uh, miscommunication, but uh, on my part mainly. But <laughs> <laughs> we're having our board meetings at Massac County High School now, and I keep forgetting that we used to always do it at the board office. So uh, anyway, uh, Mr. Stroder had showed up. Uh, he went through our audit. Um, basically, we had a couple findings, uh, which we always do. There are always something. Uh, that we missed or uh, didn't get in on time this year we had one document that was missing for our free reduced lunch free reduced lunch verification process Uh, we had it at one time and then between November and July it was misplaced and so that was a finding 
because we didn't have the proper documentation uh, for that uh, free reduced lunch verification. And then there were also there was another finding for the submission of the budget and annual statement of affairs, which is on me. Uh, we submit that every year to the state board. However, um, I always do that in person to the regional office of education, and I thought that satisfied that requirement. So we do that by a date, but also now. Uh, in the last few years they've added an electronic submission deadline and I missed that deadline so we had a finding there because I submitted it after uh, the deadline I still submitted it uh, but we submitted it late so those are our two findings uh, which really uh, I felt like wasn't too bad and our ladies upstairs do a great job uh, if you consider there's about 23 million dollars rolling through this uh, district on an annual fiscal year basis uh, and just to have a couple findings of, of those type uh, I think is pretty good and that wasn't even their fault I can always blame it on them but <laughs> well, yes, it could. No, that was actually uh, no fault of theirs. That was mine on that one. And, you know, and really, you know, minor in the kind of the grand scheme of things. Um, everything uh, otherwise uh, seemed to be really well, well received. Yeah, and it was all accounted for, and, and uh, all of our safeguards and internal controls are operating as they should. So um, that's the good news. Uh, and we're going to work on that. Uh, I promised the school board this year we will get the free reduced lunch verifications correct because we're on the CEP program and we won't have to do them. So we definitely will not mess that one up this year. Uh, yeah, and I, I think you've said that a couple times in the past. <laughs> you know, we're actually going to get it right. We are going to get it right this year because we have had an issue with some of those uh, free reduced lunch forms and the verification process almost every year. There's just so many of those forms uh, District-wide, we're talking about uh, about 1,000 to 1,200 different forms and types of documentation for that, and it's just so easy to get one of those wrong. But we won't have to do that this year, so that part we will be able to check off. And kind of, you know, and I'm not going in any order here of what happened really at the board meeting, but uh, one of the other uh, things that you do tend to cover every regular meeting is to go through your board report. And so... Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things I pointed out, uh, either right before that or right after, I get mixed up now, but uh, the financial profile is also included in that audit. And MassAC Unit 1 is a in recognition status, which is good. Uh, it's uh, the highest status in the financial profile. It, it, they uh, take your cash on hand and your expenditures and so on and so forth, and they, they compute uh, a, a calculation they call a financial profile for the Illinois State Board of Education. And it's a basically a, a one to four rating, and we are a 3.9. So we're just, uh, you know, 10, you know, 0.1 away from the highest rank uh, rating you can get. And really, the only way we would get that is that we'd need more cash on hand. Currently, we have a little over three months of cash on hand uh, with the $8 million or whatever uh, in the bank and, um, and in, in investments. So, uh, we would be able, if all the funding stopped flowing in, we would still be able to pay for school for about three months. To get that 4.0 rating, we would have to double that uh, to pay for it to, uh, for, I think it's either six or eight months. It's a, it's a lot more cash on hand. But still, we're, we're trying to get there and um, kind of a, a fallback plan for a rainy day fund, which sounds kind of ridiculous because we're a public school, but in the state of Illinois, you never really know when funding is going to just simply stop or be delayed so that's why that's important and then we did go into the board report as Tom mentioned yeah and, and you know I won't go in through all the details board report um, 
it was, you know, again, we recorded this last night and it is available um, if you uh, want to view that. Um, but generally, you cover our expenditures and, um, you know, our kind of cash balance on hand and um, just, you know, kind of, we always do this, you know, revenue versus expenditure type thing. Yeah, and um, I think so far this year, and I think uh, uh, Mr. Souders even asked uh, Jamie Mitchell last night how we're doing budget wise as far as expenditures and revenue. And as of right now, we're still doing okay. Uh, we're worried a little bit long term, as I mentioned last at the last meeting for the budget presentation, uh, because this is such a different school year. Uh, we're not sure how some of this is going to shake out. Some of our revenues are going to be different and uh, are going to be missing because of our our awkward schedule and not a normal school day. But then also some of our expenditures are missing. So. Uh, it's hard to predict exactly how that's going to pan out. It's just not a normal school year. Uh, but for now, everything's looking okay. Uh, our expenditures on supplies uh, is up, and uh, we spent uh, far more than normal on cleaning supplies and protective gear and things of that nature. <coughs> we did have the um, ESSER grant um, that came out uh, that uh, helped us with that economic relief stimulus package for the first go-around. Uh, but that went uh, only so far, and we used the bulk of that, the lion's share of that, for our Google Chromebook initiative uh, for the one-to-one -to, -one to issue every student a Chromebook. So we did use the remaining uh, portion of that on supplies, but that didn't go very far. So now we're, we're eating into our budget, and our supplies expenditures are up. But that's pretty much um, all of the uh, budget talk and financial information we had last night. And the uh, one thing, uh, expenditure-wise, that we did talk about last night as a potential expense, uh, it, it's going to be an expense. It just depends on how expensive it's going to be in the short term and in the long term. Uh, the uh, HVAC computer controls over at Metropolis Elementary School are in need of either A, an upgrade, or B, a complete replacement. And this is a road that we've gone down before at Massac Junior High School and at Brookport Elementary School. And it is something that we covered last night in the board meeting. Um, it's Yeah, it's probably worth a little explanation because it probably doesn't make a lot of sense since though the three schools you just mentioned are our newest buildings. However, when those schools were built, uh, at the time they were built, we were trying to stretch our funds as far as we could. And so the lowest bid kind of came through several times on those build projects. And one of the downside of taking the lowest bid, in my opinion, other people may disagree, but sometimes you get stuck with uh, not exactly the state-of-the-art equipment. Uh, so we put in HVAC uh, systems at all three schools that uh, the computer controls were essentially outdated already when they were put in. So we built those schools from 2000 to 2003. They're all getting close to 20 years old. And I, I'm pretty sure, and Tom, you can correct me on this uh, because you came on board right after, but I'm pretty sure the original computer control at Massac Junior High was running Windows 95, or was it Windows 3.1? Yeah, the one at Junior High was uh, Windows 95, and it could only be run on anything, nothing higher. Right. And uh, Brookport is very similar. It was Windows 98. And in fact, and I won't get too technical here, but one of the interesting things I found is that when we had to repair the system one time, we actually had to take an old computer, install Windows 98 on it, and then ship it to St. Louis to get them to configure it, hmm. which that was maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, so you're, you're talking about some really outdated software. It was outdated then, and, and then, you know, and then we finally got it replaced here within the last couple of years. So we're unfortunately, we're kind of in the same vein with the Metropolis Elementary School, and so uh, it's, it, it's certainly something that we need to 
you know, kind of discuss, and it needs to happen at some point because right now what's going on isn't any good. So, well, yeah, it's actually worse because these units—they're not like home units. They're a system of uh, a series of valves and uh, dampers and things that uh, electronically open and close uh, to control the airflow uh, and the temperature. There's temperature sensors, and when that computer system's down, none of that works. So we had a day uh, last week or the week before—I think it was last week. At uh, Metropolis Elementary School, the in, inside of the building was in the upper 80s and low 90s because everything was just off. And we didn't have a hot day outside that day. It was just one of the warmer days. So uh, it's something we definitely have to look at because when those systems work, they save you a lot of money. Uh, they're very efficient and economical rather than just having a unit in every room. However, when they're not working like that, they're the opposite. They're costing a lot of money because they are not efficient. Uh, the set points, the temperature set points and things are not working correctly. And so it just it burns up a lot more energy than it should. So we're looking at that. The two options we have are to repair the current system we have and upgrade it, which will keep us on that system, which is a proprietary system. And the closest person that works on those is out of uh, the Mayfield-Murray area, and he services a region all the way down to Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, the next closest person is St. Louis. And these systems are just so, um, I guess, industrial or commercial uh, in nature that there's not anyone around here that can work on them. And so it's a proprietary system. You have to be trained by the actual, I think they're Honeywell controls. I could be wrong on that. You have to actually be trained on those specific controls and the software to work on it uh, and certify it. So uh, that's one option. It's going to be about $15,000 to $20,000 to upgrade that system and stay on the current system. Or the other option is to do what we did at Brookport and Junior High and take them totally off that proprietary system and get them on a system where anybody, uh, any like you know, heating and air person could work on them in the area, which is definitely the better option however it's a lot more expensive because it's not simply as easy as putting the computer system in all of those electronic valves and sensors have to be changed out to work with the non-proprietary system or the open system uh, and that's about two hundred thousand dollars in total a little over that so that's what we talked about last night so those are the options that are being considered um, but that is some, something that was covered last night and kind of moving on uh, along the board report, the other thing, and we won't talk too much about this because we spent a podcast talking about this before, but uh, we just discussed our COVID dashboard. And again, uh, that's available on massac.org um, if you're interested about current numbers and uh, what it looks like. Again, we pull those uh, uh, that information from different resources. So Yeah, and um, I just updated it today. Uh, so the Illinois Department of Public Health updates their uh, positivity every day at noon. So I just updated the noon update. We get the uh, nice little flyer from the Southern 7 Health Department for the seven counties that they serve every afternoon between 3 and 5. It just kind of varies. Uh, they're, I'm sure, totally covered up. So just whenever they can get to us. But it's a nice informative flyer, and we add that information in as we get that daily. And then also we add MASAC Unit 1's data. We're keeping track, and this changes, a, you know, sometimes two or three times a day because we learn of different kids that are exposed, different students that have to take uh, a quarantine because of a possible exposure from home, and sometimes it takes a day or two for us to learn about that. And then we're also tracking staff and then positive cases there. So we're updating that information as well. And uh, moving along, uh, we kind of went over a uh, – well, you did. I say we – all I do is stream these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were there. You were part of it. Um, but the uh, the first quarter grade summary and kind of how our hybrid model worked or didn't work um, for the uh, first quarter. We spent most of the first quarter 
on our hybrid, you know, split groups um, and full remote option uh, for the first quarter. So we, you know, I know you talked about that. And yeah, I think, um, you know, if we could just summarize that, essentially the grades were about as worse as we they're, they're worse than we've ever seen. And I think that's true for the Southern Illinois region. I've talked to a lot of superintendents in our region. They all echo that uh, from all their school districts. It's true for the entire state of Illinois. And I think it's a national trend right now. If you, if you read anything uh, in the news, uh, this is not just us. Uh, And I think, you know, the, the easy answer is this remote learning is not as good as in-person learning. I think we all agree. I think parents, students, teachers alike agree it's not as good. If it was as good, we would have that as an option when COVID isn't around. And it's not an option. It's, an, it's a last resort. So we're doing the best we can. We're going to work on this. I feel like these grades are going to rebound uh, by themselves because we have four days of in-person learning now. We only had uh, two, two weeks of four-day in-person learning at this point, and we didn't have any in the first quarter. Is that correct? Even though we right. the board voted to go back to that because of the way the holidays fell, we didn't have an actual four-day week. You have those nine weeks with the first seven were in the hybrid split group format, you know, two-day and two-day. And then weeks eight and nine, were, uh, that's where we decided to move to four days. But because of the way uh, Columbus Day fell and uh, the parent-teacher conference day and all that, they were uh, three-day weeks. So, And so we have our second four-day week this week. Uh, and the kids are doing great. I know it's it's not the same, but at least they're in class twice as much as they were on the hybrid schedule. So I feel like that's going to help rebound some of these grades. And then some of these we're going to have to reevaluate what we're doing and make some changes because of our current schedule. There are things that we did not anticipate, and I think we're going to have to go back and look at and try to make some improvements. So we're also going to do that. So we're going to keep watching these grades. We just ask our parents and students to hang in there. There's a lot of very good students that are very concerned because they're making their first B's, C's, D's, and F's. Uh, and, and I just, I know grades are important. They're especially important to some, you know, others, you know, differently. Some people really take the grade uh, to heart. Some people don't care as much. But I, I will say that uh, this first nine weeks is not going to be something that makes or breaks anybody at any grade level, even high school, and we're uh, really at the high school level, it's only the semester grades that are recorded on the permanent record anyway. So we'll, we're going to get there. We're going to continue working that, and I think we're going to see an improvement uh, soon. Uh, moving along, I won't spend too much time on this, but again, you talked about our enrollment data as you tend to do every regular board meeting. Uh, and as of really as of yesterday, we're still down 150 students from mm-hmm. about where we were at this point last year. So. I think I just want to keep that on everyone's mind. It, it's going to impact our revenue. It's going to eventually impact our how we operate. Um, and that's something I was talking to Tara Temple today from Metropolis Planet. She's been very good about covering our school board meetings and uh, trying to keep everybody informed of what's going on. And I think it, when you lose 150 students, which is more than the total student population at Franklin Elementary, or it's more than the total student population at Jefferson Elementary or at Unity Elementary, not combined, but any, you know, that's a whole school for us that we've lost. It's, it's going to be naive to think that we can continue to do business as usual without those students. Now, we're hopeful that we'll get some of those back, uh, but uh, we're not sure. And we know that we're going to lose probably about $120,000 out of our tier money next year, assuming we have tier money with the state of Illinois being in the situation with COVID. And then the next year it'll be over uh, $200,000. 
that will lose in addition uh, the you know the second year and then the third year it just compounds every year and it'll finally catch up with us after three years because the evidence-based funding formula of averages the last three years of student enrollment and they give you that so it'll take about three years for that to really hit us but if we don't get the 150 you know the 150 students back we're definitely going to have to make some changes so that's something we just we're really keeping an eye on and monitoring and we do want those students back if they're still out there and we lost students at, at every building so mm-hmm. um that's just you know one of those things that we're we're just trying to do our best to try to get as many back in as we can and that's where that sits. Um, and moving on, um, in the board report, uh, you discussed the uh, feasibility study. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to touch on that here yeah, just, a little bit. Just briefly, just so everyone understands, it's, it's not that we're trying to um, steal anybody's school or, or, any, or make significant changes. I think, uh, speaking for the board, we started talking about applying for that school construction grant, and it, it just a natural topic that came up you know how big should we build this school what should we plan for and the the idea came out from some of the board members should we check with Joppa Maple Grove I mean it's it's I think uh, easy to see that at some point they're going to have to change the way they do business especially with the announcement recently that uh, EEI is going to close over there which is a about a third of their entire tax base I think for the Joppa Maple Grove school district doesn't really uh, impact Massac unit one but uh, there's a lot of changes coming down the pipe. So our board voted a couple months back to offer this feasibility study, and we all we did last night is we amended the wording on that so that we could apply for funding from the State Board of Education uh, because ISBE will pay up to $13,000 towards these feasibility studies if both uh, districts agree to it. So now uh, we sent that over to Joppa Maple Grove, and we'll see if they're willing to participate in the study. We'll at least have the study done. And we'll know what we're looking at. And that's really all it is. It's not moving forward with consolidation or not. It's just basically telling us what it's going to look like if we were to. Yeah, it, and it's kind of the, the name, you know, is this feasible, basically. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it may not be. I mean, there, there are a lot of factors involved in that, not only the tax base, but the, the current debt, you know, the bonds that are issued, et cetera. So uh, money in the bank, staff, uh, all that is considered and factored in. Transportation is a big part of it. Uh, you know, because transportation costs typically go up when you consolidate buildings down. So it's all going to be part of that uh, feasibility study if both parties agree. And then you uh, almost got your board report wrapped up here. I know you were talking about the um, risk management plan. Uh, Yeah, that kind of coincided with the audit. That's something that we have to take a look at some of those requirements every year. And the risk management plan is simply uh, a document that identifies the roles of different staff members in their, um, you know, basically trying to limit liability exposure to the district. So there's a, a myriad of uh, different responsibilities, everything from buildings and facilities all the way down to bonds, bills, expenditures, and, uh, you know, signing of checks. So we updated that. It's pretty much just a kind of an auditor's internal checklist. And then we also talked about the upcoming dates. I do want to mention that because it's important. One of them's new this year in Illinois. The General Assembly added Tuesday, November 3rd as election day. I believe Kentucky schools have had election day off for years now. We never did over here in Illinois. Uh, This year is the first year. So no school on election day, November 3rd. There was no option. We had to take that off. Um, And then 
The following week, Wednesday, November 11th, we are observing Veterans Day. Uh, we, you know, our little area is pretty rich in uh, veteran history. We have a lot of veterans here, and we're just uh, honoring those with uh, taking the actual day that it's observed off. It's unfortunate this year it falls on a Wednesday, as it has in other other years, which just kind of makes for a goofy week, but we are taking that Wednesday off to observe Veterans Day. I do not believe we'll have the Veterans Day programs as normal at some of the elementary schools. I know they do a really good job with that and uh, kind of honoring our veterans, and we're not going to be able to do a lot of that because of COVID-19, but we are going to observe that day. And then later this month, or excuse me, next month, it'll be uh, the Thanksgiving break from November 25th to the 27th. We don't have to worry about early dismissals or anything uh, because we're already dismissing early. So really it's just we're out of school Wednesday, Thursday, Friday that week. So those are the, the November uh, days off. And uh, was there anything else from the board meeting you wanted to cover before we got to our guest? Um, there's just really a couple things we didn't we we didn't do much else uh at the board meeting i just wanted to mention though that we did change the uh, december board date so just so that we know the november regular meeting is still going to be on november 23rd like it's supposed to be which is the fourth monday of every month however we moved up the december board meeting one week so it'll be a week earlier i think it was supposed to fall on december 28th and it'll be on the 21st now uh, the, the regular board meeting in December. And then we did have a parent uh, that um, used our comments at MassAct.org to write in a few questions, and I wanted to address those here for everybody. I'm also going to address those directly to that parent, but if we could take a few moments there, Tom, to talk about those. Uh, one of the questions was about Halloween parties at elementary schools and just fun stuff in general. And we realized that a lot of the more what would be considered fun activities at school are not happening right now. And the reason for that is really, uh, it's not that we don't care about that. Uh, in fact, some of our elementary principals are, are you know, chomping at the bit to try to get some of this stuff back in their schools. But our top priority right now is to keep our students and staff safe and healthy. We ha that has to be our top priority. And because that's our top priority, we're trying to eliminate any extra exposure risks. So whether you believe in this COVID stuff or what we're doing is helping or not helping, I mean, I know there are two sides to that. I'm, I'm not arguing either way. We're just, we're erring, erring on the side of caution. We're trying to do everything we can to make sure that we can continue going to school like we are. So for example, uh, we've had some very close calls. We've been lucky so far, but we've almost had to shut down because at one point we did have 35, I think, students quarantined and was it uh, nine staff members at once, I think? We got very close to being uh, to the point where we could not cover the staff members with uh, substitutes. There's just not enough substitutes out there. So really, we want everyone to be safe and healthy. That's priority number one. But at the same time, we have to watch the quarantine situation because if we do something like have a big Halloween party or something and expose several students or staff members and we have to quarantine a large number, we will have to shut down for at least two weeks. Some of the schools have had to shut down for three or four weeks to make sure all of it's, you know, run its course through all the, the people or personnel that were exposed. So we're trying to avoid that at all costs. And that does mean that we're not doing some of our normal fun activities. And we're going to keep meeting and trying to do some of that and get back to normal as, as much as possible when we can. But right now, we're just not in a normal school year. So a lot of that normal stuff is not happening. And I realize it's unfortunate and it's not good for kids, and we're going to try to get back to that. But for right now, the health and safety has to take precedence. So 
I think the elementary teachers did meet today. They're going to do something as far as snacks or treats to send home some prepackaged things. We've got to be very careful with that. Uh, but at the same time, we, we still have several uh, parents and staff members that would be concerned if we just had a big party and, and started trying to eat cupcakes without masks in the classroom. And it would just take one event like that to possibly shut us down. So we're really, we're really trying to walk that fine line of trying to stay open as long as we can. Uh, another question was about playground time for elementary students. Um, again, we understand uh, that uh, not everything is being allowed, basketball games and different things. Uh, the parent asked, well, if the high school is allowed to do their uh, um, open gyms or, you know, whatever they're calling that, workouts, uh, why can't we just do this on the playground? And I think, really, um, we just have to watch that because the open gym thing has almost got us in trouble. Um, because of a possible exposure there and that's how we had 35 students quarantined so we really have to be very careful how we do this uh, I did talk to the elementary principals we're going to try to open up more activities on the playground and recess we we don't want this to be a prison like situation our environment it's just we have to err on the side of caution right now and just be very careful because if we do one thing wrong we're going to find ourselves on full remote learning for two or three weeks and that's that's what we're trying to avoid and above that, we're just trying to keep everyone health and safety and, and trying to keep everyone's concerns in mind, not just those that aren't concerned, but also those that are still extremely concerned. Um, and then uh, there was a question specifically about art. Uh, right now, art is one of the things that we put to the uh, more remote learning type activity or online instruction uh, out of necessity because of our limited schedule. And we've had... Um, Miss Kennedy trying to help take over all the art for the elementary schools all across the district because we lost one of our, our art teachers this year. We're still looking for one. We have zero applicants right now, so we're kind of down. Uh, but uh, I think we're going to reevaluate that. Uh, I think we put a little bit too much workload on one individual, and then uh, the online instruction for art is really, really problematic, and there's a lot of inherent uh, challenges with that that we're, we're starting to realize. So there's going to be some changes made, and Tom and I talked about some things we can do on the back end to make things a little bit better, and then I'm going to talk with the art teachers on the front end, and we're going to work on that. So um, to answer that question, there were uh, about 33% of our elementary students that received the U of our unsatisfactory rating, but that's not necessarily what's going to be there after we get done making our tweaks and uh, our improvements. So we're, we're definitely looking at that. Um, again, we just ask our parents to keep in mind we're doing the best we can here. We're going to continue to try to improve. Um, it's not perfect. It's by far, you know, it's far from perfect. This setup that we're doing right now is not the best way to have school. We understand that. And at the end of the day, this is nothing that we want. It's just, you know, we're, we're trying to get back to, you know, as, as normal as we possibly can, but we're having to take these baby steps. So... Uh, this is where we're at, and um, just, you know, we, we want to let you know that we really appreciate uh, everyone's patience, and, you know, we're, we are trying the best that we can, so. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's pretty much wraps up, you know, like this point uh, after the school board meeting and everything that's changed. I don't look for any other major changes within the next couple of weeks. Uh, again, we have some weird weeks. We have the election day. We have the Veterans Day off, so. Uh, we look to after Thanksgiving to start looking at this again and reevaluating where we're at. Uh, 
realistically, it's probably going to be after Christmas before any major changes happen. We're right in the getting we're getting to the the thick of uh, cold and flu season around here. We're really close. We're just kind of on the edge of that, and we're starting to see more illnesses creep into our schools. So we're trying to figure out how we're going to navigate all of that and and try to ascertain whether it's COVID or a common cold, and that's that's going to be really tricky as well. So I think uh, for now we're going to continue the schedule. Uh, we ask for everyone to keep working with us. As Tom just said, we're going to keep trying to improve things, and um, we appreciate all the feedback and uh, all the patience at this point. And I think we're about ready for our special guest. So, okay, we're back here with one of our seniors. This is going to be our first senior spotlight, A.C. Heine. Hello, A.C., how good, are you doing? Yeah, good day there, Tom. Good day there, Jason. <laughs> it's, great, it's great to be here. All right, well, good. We brought in AC because he's actually one of our probably few fans on the podcast, would you say? Yeah, you're right, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to it ever since Valentine's Day was the first episode, which were, which were episode 24. Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. This is 24. This yeah. is 24, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we thought we'd ask you a few questions, AC, if that's okay, and then oh, we'll yeah. have some time at the end just to kind of talk, but... We kind of wanted to get a senior perspective on some of this stuff. So you're a senior at Massac County High School, class of 2021, correct? Yes. Yeah, May. You're right about that. All right. Well, what? Uh, let's just start with some general questions. What? Who? Who? Do you, who would you say is your favorite teacher of all time? Well, my favorite teacher of all time is the great Aaron Clark. Which, which Aaron, if you're listening to this. Um, you're my favorite because you, you have a great sense of humor. You make my day like always. And you make me laugh like always. Well, that's good. So is um, is he still making you laugh even through all this COVID stuff? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Be- because we laughed at these days because we have a lot of negativity in the world right now. That's true. That's true. We need to keep laughing, don't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, maybe maybe our podcast can help people laugh a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Y- right. Yeah, Yeah. everyone's going to laugh at this probably probably about 9%. I doubt, doubt they'll be laughing at you. It'll probably be me and Tom. Probably, yeah, you and Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, what do you, uh, do you have any plans after high school? Have you decided or are you still thinking about well, it? Well, I'm praying about it right now, but... I'm seriously, I'm, I'm thinking about working at the library here in town, but I'm open up with an, anything. If someone asks me where I want to work, if they want to need somebody, I'll say, sure, why not, or no, nah. yeah, but that's <laughs> just... So, so you're available. You're available for employment. Pretty yeah, soon. yeah, yeah, I'm available for employment, like... Like I'm available to star like any Hollywood film right now. If if it, <laughs> if, if I were that if I were more famous and if a little older. Well, I tell you what, AC, if you get invited to a film, you gotta take me and Tom with you. We'll be some tech supporters. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, only if you are desperate. But, but I got other people in my mind. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we can work something out. We'll see. Sounds great. We, we, we can start a studio in a couple of years or so. I, I tell you what, I think you have a natural speaking voice, so this might be uh, this might be something you you want to look into. Maybe radio or something. Yeah, I've I've been doing announcements at the high school for about four years, and 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 it just makes me smile and happy, and I'm trying to make people I'm trying to make people happy and laugh and, and giggle and play and do all that and. 
and and I I'm actually think I actually hope that when when I get older I just do announcements at volleyball games, basketball games, football games, or ceremonies or anything like that. Really, now you'd be good at that. Oh uh, sure. I've also heard you do a few impressions of some of the staff out there. Y- <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I do. The, I do the assistant principal of the high schools and. And Miss Farmer and some of the other and some of the others. <laughs> yes. Well, since I know Mr. Kendall wouldn't care, would you give us a little little preview of that? Sure. And Mr. Kendall, if you're listening out there, I'll be doing your voice, so you'll probably laugh at me. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, students. Welcome, Massachusetts High School. Hope you're doing well. Please learn and do your work. God bless. <laughs> that's, that's spot hey, on. Hey, let me t- hey, let me take your temperature. Cheek, you're good to go. <laughs> that's pretty good, AC. You sound just like him. He'll appreciate. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's pretty good. So let me ask you, how how's everything going? I mean, we got a lot of COVID restrictions. A lot of you know things have changed quite a bit out there at the high school. Uh, what? How are you coping with all that? How's that working for you? Well, I've been coping it really well. Thanks. And and I'm and I, I just enjoy going. I enjoy going two days a week for a month and a half, two months. Then disappointed about it. First, then I'm, I'm like, I'm glad I'm going four days and going half days, and just makes it even better. And 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 I'm it's, so I can do my YouTube channel anytime and more free time. And then I'm glad Friday. We get off Friday so I can hang out with my friends, call call up some people. Um. Even of course, do YouTube. Yeah, let's talk about since you brought up your YouTube. What what is your YouTube channel, and how do you how can we find it? Do we just search for AC Heine, or how does that work? Well, everybody, if you don't follow if you don't follow me on YouTube, um, it's called AC Wiggle. Um, go on YouTube and look up AC Wiggle. Um, and the reason my nickname's AC Wiggles because. As the, as there's a kids sh- there's like a kids show it's called the wiggles and and that's what and and i'm just been a big wiggles fan since 10 months old and and that's why it's called ac wiggle and i want people and people could call me ac wiggle anytime they want and, and it's just it's just a famous name for it well, that's awesome my uh, my kids like the wiggles too i remember watching many episodes yes and- yes and, and i still watch them to this day it, 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 it might sound crazy, but I still watch them to this day. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Now, I guess um, you said you're coping with the restrictions. You like the four days now. Yes, uh, I know a lot of students are having a difficult time because mm-hmm. of everything. It, it's been harder, I think, it, for most people, for students and staff alike, just because they they're not a not seeing everybody for their normal time, and we got a lot of remote learning. Um, have you tried to encourage classmates? You know, I know you said you use your humor and you want to make people laugh. Is that kind of how you've helped encourage your classmates? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 and, and, just, and just being positive about it and not scary. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would tell, like, if someone's really struggling? Is there anything you you say uh, to kind of help them get through that time? Yeah, I'll just tell them don't don't do not. Think about negative stuff, and the, don't think about pandemic too much. Focus on the positive stuff. Don't stress. Don't stress. Don't stress out. Um, keep. Don't give up on schoolwork. If and if you have a D or F or or zero, even a zero, just don't give up. Talk to your teacher. 
teacher teachers and and just talk to a grown up at any time or an aide or just anybody and just remember just keep going and growing that's what i always say well those are probably wise words for all of us right now I think that's that right everybody could uh, do a little better at some of those things yeah um do you have any questions for us ac is there anything that uh, in general you have uh, for me or for mr walker here oh yeah oh yeah for you for you all i'll so what made you guys start a podcast and you could tell everybody th- this. Okay, that's a good question. I think um, Mr. Walker could probably better answer that. I'm going to turn the mic over to Mr. Walker because it's kind of his idea. So. Well, uh, the podcast came from an idea of just getting a lot of information out in a consumable way, whether it's you know in the car, um, at home, uh, whether than you know rather than having to read one of his really lengthy emails or Facebook posts. <laughs> Um, so that, that's kind of where it came from. Um, yeah. But no, that, uh, in, in all seriousness, I think we get a lot of information out uh, really quickly. We did this initially to kind of recap some of the board meetings that maybe, you know, uh, maybe the board meeting lasted two hours, but we could talk about it in 20 minutes. Yeah, or, so. or even 30 or even thirty to 40 minutes. Yeah, like we're at now. We're, we're, we're at 41, so. Oh, good, good. Yeah, sometimes we go long, AC. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, I, and I actually I actually don't care if it's long or short, as long as it's entertaining. That's that's what I want. <laughs> well, you're obviously the most entertaining part of this episode. <laughs> thanks, May. Yeah, pre- so. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate <laughs> and 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 just the and just the the more people that listen to it, the more likes of the podcast and my YouTube channel there'll be. <laughs> And, and and try and I'm, I'm trying to get about 300 by Christmas and then 400 by next spring. Well, how many do you have now, AC? I have about one 129, close 130, but that's a lot. Yeah, like I like the reason I started like I started this YouTube channel about three years ago, and in the last two three about the last month or two, I've just been telling people about my YouTube channel and just tell like. It was seventy in August um, when I started telling people, and then it went up to eighty a few weeks later, and then went up to ninety, and then ninety five, and then like ninety one day, and then the next day it went up to a hundred because some P, some PE class, P, the PE classes, are, PE teacher um, was telling people was wanting to tell people about my YouTube channel, knowing get, going to get more famous and. One and then maybe one day I'll be there'll be strangers that I don't even I've never seen or I don't even know who they are. They'll say, "Hey, I see. I enjoy your I enjoy your YouTube channel. I enjoy you in your Hollywood movie, just stuff <laughs> like that." That's awesome. That's uh, that's pretty neat. So, right. What gave you the idea to do a YouTube channel? Well, just pretty much um, my my brother AJ, um, which his YouTube channel is Anime Jaguar. And, oh, cool. and and he and his most recent video is, he did was about the Truman Show locations, which had featured Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. And we actually have AJ, uh, AC's brother here with us in the studio. Do you want to say hi, AJ? Hi, everyone. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone listening at home, thank you for tuning in. All right. So and, we, and, and follow the Honey Brothers DJ service on Facebook. 
Oh wow! I didn't know you guys did that. Yeah, and, we, and my brother and I started DJing um, last summer. It's been going real well, and of course we hadn't done much with COVID nineteen. And mm-hmm. our last one we did was a, was the father daughter dance at Unity, which was. January 24th, which was a couple days before Australia Day, which, if you don't know what Australia Day is, it's kind of like 4th of July in America, like, they're 4th of July, which we have 4th of July and 4th of July in America, and which I really celebrate Australia Day because I have a lot of Australian eyes that admire, that I admire, and I just like celebrating the whole day in January. That's awesome. That's good. Maybe we can get back, I think... Soon enough, we'll be back to normal, and then maybe you guys can do some more DJing, and we can oh, yeah. get you in some of our schools doing some of those things. That's a good way. idea, Jason. All right. Yeah. Well, do you have any final thoughts for us, AC? Because we're probably running low on our space. You're okay. Absolutely, everybody. Hope, enjoy this podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, keep going, growing. Salute! See you guys! Happy wiggling! <laughs>